You are listening to Elect Part 2 taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Election Part 1 is also free to listen to via our website at BethelHouseOfTruth.org or on your favorite podcast platform. Enjoy the message and God bless you. 1 Peter chapter 2, 6. Wherefore, also, it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, and I'll say Zion in the Hebrew, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. If you know that you're precious, you will not be confounded. He says you lay in Zion, the chief cornerstone. Who's the chief cornerstone? Jesus Christ, your rock. He holds everything up, period. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. Do you know who you are? But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. That's funny. God has a sense of humor. The very stone that people disallow, the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, the true Christ. They take it and throw it away. They want to do what they want to do. That's human beings, though. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Listen, there's no other rock besides Jesus Christ that offend more people. Amen. He offends people, people who are wrong, people who can't take the truth, people who can't handle the truth, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. These false, fake, no good pastors want to be reverends, want to be apostles, want to be deacons, want to be bishops, arch fake bishops. Need I go on? I'll say this to you. If you're in a church that believes in the rapture or that allows things of the world to be in their church, you literally have the mark of the beast. If you are in the world and of the world, you have the mark of the beast. If you are playing both sides, hokey pokey, you have the mark of the beast. It is not a good thing. Verse 9, to his elect. But ye are a chosen generation. What generation? This final one. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Hmm. A people that know this is not their home. A people who's peculiar to other people. You ever been stared at? Not stared at because you're ignorant. But, st- but stare that because of the God that's in you. And they try to figure it out. And they can't because you're peculiar to them. That you should show forth the praise of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's God Almighty. Which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God. He's speaking of the very elect in this final generation, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Meaning, I love whom I love. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. What does fleshly lust do? It wars against your soul, your very soul, your very being, the one God created for you to have. Stay away from it. You're a pilgrim. You're a stranger. 
having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, every pastor's just evil. You know that. Every pastor's a thief. You know that, right? Every pastor's just horrible and cheat on their wife and just, they're just bad, right? That's what they say, right? Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they seek, as they speak against you as evildoers. That's what they think you are. Why? Why do they think you're evildoers? Because you're teaching truth. You're messing up everything that Satan loves to play in. You're messing this playground up. They may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. When he returns at the seventh trump. Praise God. It's so important. This is God's telling why people stumble in life. They stumble in life because of the truth. Christ, the true rock, becomes an offense to them because they're disobedient. Because their free will is to go against God and not to choose God. That was their free will in the first earth age. And that's most people's free will here today. To go against God, to go against the truth, to go against what's right. To be in the world, to make their own decisions. Selfish people. And it's not good. Again, I said to you earlier that we choose what we are in life due to what we did at the cabal. I can clearly see human beings, their soul for what their soul is, who they actually are and what they were. I'd be like, hey, I know you. I remember you from the first earth. And that's when you see someone with the spirit of God. Let's go to Jeremiah 1. Could Yahweh choose a person or a people before? They're even born. Before they're even born. Yeah, yes. You're looking at one. Jeremiah 1. Let's give you some more. I'm going to document every single thing to you. Let's get into the meat of this message here. I'm going to prove to you election without any shadow of a doubt. As if I hasn't already. But this is going to get proven the way it needs to be proven. Take it as you will. There's only one way to take this, is as the truth. And this truth will save you. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah 1, verse 4, if you have it, say glory to God. All right. Then the word of the Lord Yahweh came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Hold up. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I made you holy. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. How is this possible? How could God know someone before they came out of the womb? Because he created the soul. And he knows the soul. And this is what he's telling Jeremiah. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then I said, I, O oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. This is Jeremiah speaking. I'm a youth, 13. I can't speak. But the Lord Yahweh said unto him, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. 
Period. That's just the way it is. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am Asher with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord Yahweh. Then the Lord Yahweh put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord Yahweh said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. That's one's called job. That's their job. To root out, to build, to pull down, to destroy, to build, and to plant. What do you mean is your job to tear down, to build, to destroy, then to rebuild and to plant and to build up again? How are you supposed to tear down the flesh? Oh, you're too harsh. No, how are you supposed to tear down the flesh? Huh? How are you supposed to stop someone from hurting themselves? How are you supposed to stop someone from going to hell if you don't tear down the flesh? That's his job. That's my job. That's your commission. This is fact. That's why we don't beg here or pass the plate. Yahweh leads and directs. We are to teach truth, to spread the truth, and live by the truth. Period. Nothing else. That's what we are to do. You don't have to beg when you're called of God and chosen from the first earth age. Let's go to Genesis 25. Let's talk about God choosing again. Genesis 25, 21. If you have a say, glory to God. Now, this is Rebecca giving birth to Esau and Jacob, the twins. They were twins. And Isaac entreated the Lord Yahweh for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord, Yahweh, was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. She got pregnant. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? Why is this happening to me? This hurts. And she went to inquire of the Lord, Yahweh. And the Lord, Yahweh, said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. I got a whole message called two nations about these very people. Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Hmm. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau, which means red. And after that came her brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob, which means heel grabber. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of the venison. He could cook it really good. Isaac was greedy. But Rebekah loved Jacob. <laughs> Let's keep reading. It solidifies itself. And Jacob sawed pottage, porridge. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. You notice how people without God always acting like it's the end of the world when something happens? Oh, my God. 
I'm so hungry. Haven't eaten in hours. <laughs> right. You're so hungry. Here we go. And Esau said unto Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. Now Esau is the oldest, so therefore, if Jacob said, Sell me your birthright, now he already knows that there was a struggle in the womb. There was a struggle with the last presidency that Trump was involved with America and Russia. So there was a struggle with who's going to be the president, who's not going to be the president. Remember that? Where stuff was fixed and it's proven that stuff was fixed, that Russia had a lot to do with stuff. Esau just so happens to be elected to be Russia. That's the nation that they are, Russia. And then Jacob will happen to be the free nations, America, Canada, and all those free nations. And it just so happened that they struggled in a womb. And it just so happened that I believe Jacob was supposed to be born first. And Jacob was only trying to get back his birthright that Esau stole from him in the womb. So they actually came out at the same time because when Esau came out, Jacob Haney was holding him. So it was a toss up. I say, give it to Jacob. And that's what he's doing. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? What profit, really? So. The firstborn receives the first fruits. They receive the very best of everything. They get a double portion. They get this. They get that. They get it all. And then everyone else that's under that becomes they're still their brother and sister, but they got to go to them for everything. You understand what I'm saying? When the mom and daddy die, they're in control. They get the biggest portion because it's a double portion. And this is Esau saying, what good is my birthright? I'm about to die from hunger. Really, dude, you're not about to die from hunger. You just don't care about your birthright. And if you don't care about your birthright, God's saying, that bothers God because God said, I gave you this birthright. How could you not care about it? It's like saying, I don't care about being a Christian and the blessings that come with that. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's what happens when people do what they want to do instead of actually going into Christianity the way they're supposed to and caring about it. you basically giving up your birthright. Here we go. And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage and lentils. You can give him extra. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now what about these two? They were in the womb. They were in the womb. Go to Malachi here. Malachi chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Minor prophets. What did God say about these two? And this is when they were in the womb. God speaking. I have loved you, saith the Lord Yahweh. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord Yahweh? Yet I love Jacob. And I hated Esau. God hates someone? This is God hating Esau from the very womb. I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom, Edom, Russia, Rush, later changed by the vulgar to Russia. 
and now it's just a symbol, you're still identified. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord Yahweh of hosts, they shall build, but I will. They shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord Yahweh have indignation forever. Wow. For your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, the Lord Yahweh will be magnified from the border of Israel. Now, what's right next to Russia? Alaska. And God's calling Alaska the border of Israel, which is America. Jacob, I loved. Esau, I hated. We're not done with them yet, though. Let's go to Romans 9, 4. We're talking about the promised seed here, which is Esau, Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, the promised seed. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises? Israel is the promised seed. Judah is the promised seed. The 12 tribes of Israel. Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. And they are blessed. Six. Not as though the word of God have taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. What does that mean? Let's figure it out. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall the seed be called. You got Kenites sprinkled in there somewhere. And you got to know the difference between the two. That's that seed line. That's the key of David. If you understand that. Through Isaac shall the seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the promised seed. So the 12 tribes are the promised seed. You understand that? Remember I told you, there's three. There's people here. You got the very elect in this final generation, and you even have some of the very elect that was in Israel, the apostles, the prophets. They're also the very elect. But then you have the promised seed, which is through Isaac shall the seed be called, the 12 tribes. And then you have the Gentiles who will branch off of that, creating the very elect for this found generation and the elect where Paul had to teach. Don't let that confuse you. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah had also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children not yet born, neither having done any good or evil in the womb, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. What does he say? If God said, I hate Esau from the womb, he said, I love Jacob from the womb. Why? Because of what Esau did in the first earth age. And I want you to see that. It's because of what Esau did in the first earth age. He went against God. He probably was a high-ranking officer with Tyrus going against God. And Jacob fought against his own brother as they were fighting in the womb. And as Russia and America fights and the free country fights all the time. What's new under the sun?
11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. Yep, because that's the way it's supposed to be. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Why would God say that to Moses? Because God knows the song. I will give favor to whom needs favor. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. We serve a fear and just God. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Meaning you just can't. I want to be God's elect so bad. You can't just say you want to be God's elect. It's something you got to earn the first earth age. Either you are or you're not. Just that simple. But you can be adopted into the elect by a change of heart. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. This is the negative part of God's plan. Esau covers the negative part of God's plan. Pharaoh covered the negative part of God's plan. Rome covered the negative part of God's plan. Babylon covered the negative part of God's plan. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose, I raise thee up that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Everyone knows the story of Moses going in the basket, saving a nation with one tear. Amen. Everyone understands that if he didn't cry, the nation wouldn't have been saved. Because if his sister grabbed him in and says, I'm going to make him my own child, even though her own brother did genocide and said, I want every Hebrew male, newborn up to three, murdered and thrown into the river now. And his mother said, no, I'm saving my son. He's special. And Pharaoh saw the specialness in him. His sister saw the specialness in him. Anyone saw it because Moses was God's elect. Amen. But you have some who hate, who are secretly jealous. That's with everything. Therefore, have he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardeneth. Like he hardeneth Pharaoh's heart. Thou will save then me. Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? You ever have you ever have a moment in your life where you say, Why is God allowing this to be in my life? You ever had a moment in your life where you're like, why is this happening to me? You ever have a moment in your life where you're like, why is my life this way? If you understand the election, you'll find out very quick. God speaking, Nay, but O man, who art thou that replieth against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Again, all the way back to Isaiah 65. Well, I stated to you, we choose what we are in life due to what we did at the Kabul. Amen? You choose that. That's you. That's on you. It's not on God. How's your listening skills?
Have not the potter power over the clay? Of the same lump to make one unto honor and another unto dishonor. Listen to that. God saying, I can make you into a flower pot where you put nice things inside of you. Or I can make you into a trash can and put trash in you. Have trash poured right inside of you. Dishonor. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering, the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction? Now hold on. What if God decided to destroy everyone who went against him in the first of things and everyone who did nothing? Would it not be just? Would it not be justified? But he didn't. He sent Jesus Christ. Amen. He sent us in this second earth age. Amen. He gave a chance. Instead of destroying everyone who went against him, he destroyed the earth age. And gave everyone a second chance who went against him. Praise God. And those who didn't go against him have honor, favor, mercy, grace, love, blessings, wisdom. It's a difference. You'd be like, oh my God, look at those poor people. They live in the ghetto. Oh my God, they live in slums. They drink dirty water. Oh my goodness. They only have one shoe and the other shoe is a sandal. Oh my goodness, look at this. This is really bad. People live this way. And you'd be like, how come they live this way? How come people don't have? How come people don't live the way I live or live the way you live? It's the soul. It's the soul. Would you give someone extremely evil a lot in resources so you could be even eviler? Right? God knows the soul. Oh, you were ugly to me in the first place, so you're a little ugly now. He knows. Have you ever noticed how people look like certain things? They're born into a life that they don't have much. They don't have nothing. It's just horrible. Think about what I'm saying. Born into Babel, Zerubbabel, but came out. Some people still in Zerubbabel and Babel. 23 again. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. These people are prepared unto glory. God's elect. Which one are you? Even us, whom he have called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Was there elect in there? I'll stop right there. I wanted you to see that. It wasn't because of what Esau did, how he hated his birthright. God knew he hated his birthright because Esau hated God. Do you think you could walk around in your spirit, in your soul, hating God, hating what's right, hating the good? If you hate God's servant, you hate God and Jesus. Period. That's just the way it is. As Christ explained in John 15. People hate for a reason. People are evil for a reason. People are fake for a reason. People are dark for a reason. People choose homosexuality and know it's still wrong, but do it anyway for a reason. For a reason. Because that's who they are. Nothing's changed. That's who they are from the first earth age. That's who they are here. They will not give their life to Jesus. Completely. Therefore, if you can't be complete with God, God ain't going to be complete with you. Just that simple. Let's continue here. 
We're almost done. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. My man Paul. Speaking of Paul here, what was Paul, what was his commission? Before Paul became Paul, his name was Saul. And Paul was a Pharisee, learned from Gamaliel, one of the greatest Hebrew scholars ever. And Paul was versed more than any of the apostles. Paul was the bomb, right? But Paul had it wrong because Paul didn't believe that Jesus Christ came. He couldn't get that factor, which changes everything. Amen. He had commission from the high priest himself. His job was to go and bust up every single church of the apostle, bust up all the truth, and drag women and men and children back to Jerusalem to be tried and to be um, crucified and punished. That was his job. That was his commission as Saul. Pretty crazy, right? He was on fire for the truth, but missing one piece. He was very zealous for the truth, but missing one piece. Until Jesus Christ stepped in his life and showed him who he actually was from the first earth age. Glory to God. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, what way? Christianity. Whether they were men or women, and I'll say children, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem to be tried. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, why persecutest thou me? This is Jesus Christ speaking to him. He's saying, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Meaning, as a shepherd, you take a long stick and you put like a toothpick on the end of it or a very long, sharp piece of wood and it keeps the sheep in line. And when one goes astray, you take the stick and you go that way. That's what he's saying. And sometimes a sheep would kick back, meaning not want to do what the shepherd tell them to do. It would kick back against that prick and that whole prick would go into their hoof and they'll be damaged because they're not listening. He's saying, it is hard for thee to kick against the prick. And he trembled and astonished and said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, listen, first thing first, you know your maker when he's speaking to you. Amen. You know when God's talking to you. And this says is Jesus Christ, which is God. You know when he's speaking to you. He says, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. He was blind. God blinded him. Christ blinded him. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat or drink. Three days, just like Christ was in the tomb. Jonah was in the well. Three days without sight, not seeing. He's changing the way he sees. He closed his physical eyes. 
And he's about to open his spiritual eyes to the truth. Amen. And there arose a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, which means whom Yahweh has graciously given. And to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, here am I, Lord. We know your maker. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas. For one called Saul of Tarshish. For behold, he prayeth. You got this Christian killer praying. You got this persecutor of the church praying on his hands and knees saying, Lord, why is this happening to me? Help me, God. He's praying for help. And he have seen in a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Paul can see this. God gave him the ability to see things because he can't see with his eyes. So God had to open the spirit. This is his spiritual eyes working. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he have done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And you want me to go where? He can have me killed. A little scared here. And here he have authority from the chief priest to bind all that call him by name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me. After everything Saul did, he's a chosen vessel unto God. After destroying the church of God, after getting in Peter's face, following Peter around and John and all the apostles, Paul was vicious, saying, I will destroy you. The history of Paul is something else. Saying, I will destroy you, Peter. Screaming for Peter at the top of his lungs because they hid from him. He's looking for them. He couldn't find them. And someone told him that they were in Damascus, but they weren't in Damascus. That's why he went to Damascus. It was covert up. God needed him on that road. Amen. Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. He's saying to Ananias, don't worry about what you heard. Only worry about what I'm telling you. He is a chosen vessel. He is my elect, just like you. To bear my name before the Gentiles, this is his commission, one. And kings, two. The Gentiles, meaning the Gentiles of the earth, the different races. And then within those races, the kings and queens of the ethnos, the very elect, and the children of Israel. Glory to God. Threefold commission. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. This reaches home to me. Putting his hands on him. Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest have sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, those heavy things called life. The heaviness called confusion. In Zerubbabel, what comes out? Born in confusion, what comes out? This is Paul coming out. Glory to God. And he received his sight forthwith and arose. 
and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Meat, the meat of the truth, and regular meat. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on the name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased them more in strength and confounded the Jews that dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. Glory to God. You can't deny this elect thing we got going on here that Saul has going on, that Paul, you can't deny it. You can't deny because it's a thing from the spirit, it's a thing from your soul. You could deny it if you don't understand it. That just means you don't understand that God didn't give you that understanding. So your flesh is leading you and not your spirit. But if God's spirit is leading your spirit, you can't deny this. This is clear as day. This is clear as the sun comes up every morning and goes down. It's clear. It's not because of what Paul did on earth, because what Paul did on earth was pretty bad. Amen? What he did on earth was horrible. And it, it bothered him all through his ministry, persecuting the church of God, doing all types of things. It was bad. But it ain't because of what he did on earth, because he's judged already. It's because of who he is from the first earth age that makes him Paul, that makes him God's elect. Glory to God. we got two more places and we're done. Let's go to Matthew 20, verse 1. We're going to talk about some things here. Time. We'll talk about time for one second. The parable of the vineyard. I'm going to teach it again because it goes with this election message. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers to his vineyard. We're talking here about Yahweh's kingdom. Let's make that clear. We're talking here about Yahweh's kingdom. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into the vineyard. A penny back then could buy you a loaf of bread. You work the day and you get a loaf of bread after you're done working. Amen. Three. And he went out about the third hour, the third hour, which is about 9 a.m. This is the first earth age we're speaking of here, the first earth age. And he went out the third hour, 9 a.m., and saw others standing idle, lazy, doing nothing in the marketplace. This is 9 a.m. in the first earth age. And said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Now, I want you to see, he was he sent people earlier, right? In verse 2, right? Without a time. Hold on to that. And he said unto them, Go ye also in the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth hour. This is 12 to 3 p.m. And the ninth hour. And did likewise. So it was from 12 p.m. afternoon, where the sun is at its peak, to 3 p.m., where the sun is its hottest. 
in about the 11th hour, which is 5 p.m. You can't work no more. It's 5 p.m. Time to get off of work, punch that clock, and go home, right? You got the first Earth age. You got the second Earth age now, the 12 to 3. And 5 o'clock, this is the final generation here. You understand? And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle, doing nothing. And said unto them, why stand ye here all day idle? It's the end of the age. End of the day. It's the final generation. They said unto him, because no man have hired us. He said unto them, go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right that ye shall receive. Now I want you to remember this saying. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Eight. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his stewards, Call the laborers and give them their hire, their pay, their rewards, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. They only worked for an hour. One hour. The hour of temptation. When they're delivered up before the synagogue of Satan, God's elect, his very elect. One hour of work. That's it. You should write one hour, very elect. One hour work. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. Oh, they got a problem with this. They're like, we were first. We've been working this whole time. And they came at the 11th hour and you give us a penny and them a penny? I think we need a little more than that. 11. And when they had received it, they murmured, they complained against the good man of the house. They're doing this towards Yahweh. That's not good. Saying, these lads have wrought but one hour. And thou hast made them equal to us. Which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Who are out there working so hard in the sun. Stressed out and pressed. Working in the sun. 13. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Question. Take that is thine, go thy way, I will give unto the last, even as unto thee. Now, so what is Christ saying here? He's saying, if Yahweh chose the elect to be the last generation, the very elect to be the last generation, in this fight of good and evil, they have been working in the vineyard a long time. A very long time. Think about it for a second. They got part of their reward in the first earth age. The last is the very elect. And so is the first. So is the first. The very elect in this final generation. Let's go all the way back to verse 2. Back in 20. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny, he sent them into his vineyard. That's the first earth age. That's the laborers for a penny. 
That's that penny. There was no time stamp on that one, was there? No time stamp at all. And when he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, that's 9 a.m., first earth age. So what happened? When does the sun come up? A little earlier than 9 a.m., right? That's when work actually starts, right? Corporate people got the 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock, right? God's elect, we start earlier than that. We start at like 5, 6, whatever. We get it done. That time was never stamped. But we know the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So God's very elect has been receiving blessings this whole time. From the first earth days, they got part of their reward. The last is the very elect. That's why we only had to work for an hour. You understand? That's why we only had to work for an hour. That's that double portion. And so the first and the last shall be first. And the first shall be last. They were already first. And the first people who fought against Satan in the first earth age are the people who are living right now. Right now. I want you to understand and see that. It's a beautiful thing. There's no lie in that. I don't have an ego. I'm not prideful, so I'm not making that up. It's the word of God. And it's the truth. Praise God. Everyone's going to have a problem. They're going to have a problem with how things are. But it is what it is. I want to pull out the word chosen here to you. They fought first there. They're chosen here. The word chosen here is electos. Electos. You hear our word elect in that? In the Greek? And it means chosen by God. Tried by the fire. Amen? What fire? The fire that they went through, that war, that they stood strong in. Trusted by God. Approved by Yahweh. Proven that they can be trusted. Blessed by God. Excellent. Other people are just called. We are chosen by Yahweh and Christ. To call the called. We're here to call the called. If the call could change for their Lord. And truly love Yahweh and serve him. They will be the chosen. It's a beautiful chapter. 15. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? They belong to me. Is thine eye evil because I am good? Most people's are, right? So the last shall be first and the first shall be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Praise God. I want you to understand that. Now I want to close out in the book of Romans 8. My favorite chapter. There's a reason it's my favorite chapter. Romans 8, verse 26. In closing. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. As God's elect, we have weaknesses. We fall short of the glory of God. But the Spirit helps us. Amen? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. The Spirit intercedes. And the only reason the Spirit intercedes is because we're not free will. 
other people are free will. If other people are free will, God will not intercede in someone's life because they have to say on their own, I did it myself. Most free will people are going to worship Antichrist. So if someone that's free will says, Lord, you interfered in my life, I was going to serve them. I was going to come to you anyway. That's why God doesn't interfere in free will people's life. Only in the elect, because they're judged already. Glory to God. 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Not according to your will, but according to his will. What's best for his plan and what's best for your life. He knows. Amen. 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. you got to know who you are. You've got to know who you are in God. You have to understand who you are in God. You have to know that if you are the chosen of God, all things work to the good for them that love God. All things. All things work out. 29. For whom he did foreknow. Don't deny this. First earth age. That's predestinated. That's what it means. New from the first earth age. He also did predestinate in the first earth age. To be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. To be just like Christ. Like-minded. The mind of Christ. Amen. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You are his brethren. He calls us friends. Amen. We sit at that table with him. And he shares his truth with us. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. That's judged. You were judged there. Does that mean that gives you a license to sin? No, it does not. Because guess what? If you're judged there and you begin to get off track, God's going to get you quicker than he will get someone who is free will because you know better spiritually and physically you know better amen and whom he did justify them he also glorified that glorification is happening throughout your life but the real glorification happens at the seventh trump when everyone in the earth will bow at the presence of God and it will look like they are bowing to you as well but they're really bowing to Christ because you are on the side of Jesus Christ Glory to God. What shall we say then to these things? Question. God before us, who can be against us? No one. You could try. You might die. You may lay down and lie <laughs> because that's just the way it is. No one comes against God's elect. You will lose every time. I've seen it. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up, but delivered him up for us all. Who's all who love him? You think Christ died for people who hate him? He died for those who love him. Because if you hate him, if you hate those that serve him, how could you call yourself a Christian? Love doesn't live inside of you. Amen? So he not with him also freely give us all things. Listen, the throne is open to you. 
Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Do you hear what he's saying here? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? When you live by the fruits of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, there's no law that can come against you. None. But when you go out of the realm of the fruits of the Spirit, every law will come against you because it's God trying to pull you back. Amen. It is God that justifies. We are judged by God. And who goes against God's judgment? Only a fool. Who is he that condemneth? Only a fool condemns. Satan. Those people of the world. It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He speaks on your behalf. What a father, what a savior, what a king, what a priest, Melchizedek, king of the just, king of God's elect. Know your story. It was written before you were born. Glory to God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that have loved us. Do you believe it? You've got to believe it. You have to believe that you're more than a conqueror. You have to believe that you're greater than the flesh that's on you. Amen. You have to believe that he who was greater, he who lives inside of you was greater than he that's in the world. He has no power over you. You've got to understand who you are. For I am persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You got to understand. It's more than just flesh. What you, where you are, it's more than just flesh. God would allow you to see things that other people can't see. It's more than just a walk on this earth. You're just visiting. It's just a visit. The games that people play, it is time to mature and come out of Babel and come into your calling. For you were chosen to walk in it in the anointing of God. I can't say nothing else. I'm done. Remember to stay in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All glory and praise to the Father and the Son. Remember, if you have always known that there was more to God's word than what you've been taught, if you have always known that there was something missing in your life, this is your key. Open every door that God has given you entrance to and walk in the anointing of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to Election Part 1. God bless you. Please visit our website at BethelHouseOfTruth.org to watch, listen and download more messages taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.